I've had people relate to this as a kind of utopia or something that's unrealistic or and I think that we're so restricted in our relationships that we can't see that it doesn't matter who you're near, who you're next to, if someone calls you on the telephone and it's a wrong number, that you literally could have a relationship with them that could build something for humanity. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host, and I'm excited to have today's conversation for so many reasons, but in a nutshell, it is about oneness. It's about humanity, compassion, being curious and approaching equity through the lens of oneness and beginning to see each other as ourselves all things that I love to talk about. So my guest today is Andrea Swinton, a professional coach, facilitator, and workshop developer with extensive corporate and informal multicultural education experience. She shares that cultural intelligence and cross-cultural education is at the heart of her life. Andrea is a nationally certified diversity professional and has a master's degree in multicultural education, and a bachelor's degree in human performance management. Spanning over 25 years, Andrea has worked with diverse populations from various industries at all levels of organization. She's the founder of Education Resources for Living Inc. and its principle of humanity as one. Andrea believes that when people are aware, they will do what works for more than just themselves. And the work she does leaves people with the ability to open clear pathways to success. And I love talking about success too. So we're going to talk about all kinds of fun things today. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. So I would love to learn more, honestly, about just you, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your background and what growing up was like for you. 
Well, I grew up in uh, South Philadelphia, the youngest of seven children, six girls and one boy. My brother was the oldest, and I grew up in a pretty homogenous neighborhood, and it was a lot of fun. I had no idea what was beyond my neighborhood, but it was a great experience growing up. And then I grew up, and at the age of 18, I was exposed to the world beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that was for you? Well, I went away to school from Philadelphia to Indianapolis, and this was back in 1979. So it was very different. I was unprepared to respond to differences in a way that could open a longstanding relationship. And I was a pretty quiet and shy kind of person back then. Yeah, it was a different environment. So I was exposed to people of different religion, people of different races, people with different cultures that I had never been exposed to before. So it was a great learning experience and also a shocking experience as well. Yeah, college has a wonderful way of doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring us into experiences with other people and spaces, everything in ways that yeah. we can't really anticipate. I also, when I was in school, the many people that I was exposed to, I had different groups of people that I engaged with and socialized with. There were the people who were like myself and I was more familiar with. And that was kind of an automatic, natural way of, you know, responding to my environment. I was always a kid who was very connected to people. Even though I was the youngest, I didn't say a lot, but I observed so much. And I always loved being with people and connecting with them. I was always curious about them. So when someone approached me at the university, I was automatically just, you know, excited to get to know someone else from somewhere else and how they lived and what they thought and how they engaged. And it was really incredible. I think that's such a wonderful sort of innate quality that you have. I'm speaking to that curiosity and that interest in something that's just outside of yourself. And I know that curiosity and wonder are a big part of sort of this approach that you are continuing in your work and it seems like it's there across the two companies that we mentioned in your bio, particularly in humanity is one. Can you talk to me a little bit about why that is such an important way to sort of approach relationships and interactions with others, being curious? I'll introduce the first one and the work that humanity is one was built on. That'd be great. Yeah. And the first one was all about resources and bringing education and not just academic education, but education to people. So I believe in people. And I believe that when people are aware of others, that there's a whole different pathway that they're able to approach in their interaction and in their connection with other people. So the education is all about having people engage with each other, get to know each other, wonder and are curious because mostly we approach each other from our upbringing mm. or from something that's outside of us, not who's in front of us. So, you know, like I said, at my university, there was a natural magnetic pull to people who were like myself. 
you know, same background, same color, same. It's a natural pull. It wasn't as if I didn't want to engage with other people, but it's just a natural pull from all of my, you know, experiences that I've had. So humanity is one. It was a long time in the works, and there were many iterations of humanity is one, one of them being multicultural community conversations or multicultural engagements, or I had a whole series on race in America. So there's, you know, unfolding of humanity. And mostly, I think when we speak about humanity, we speak as if humanity is all of what we consider the good things. Like people say, you know, wow, that's so human. Mm. Except you know, the framework in which I created humanity as one inside of is that it's all of us. It's all of what we love. It's all of what we really do not wish to have. It's all of everyone and seeing ourselves in others. So if I am engaged with you and I meet you for the first time and you don't look like me, you don't sound like me, you're not from where I'm from, you're not living how I live. How can I find myself in you so that I'm able to engage with you and create a pathway that may not be the pathway I would take by just living my life how I would normally live my life? So humanity is one, the unfolding of it, it came from meeting so many different people and doing research academically as well. I, I tell people I have my PhD. I call it my Phillyhood degree because it's, you know, it really just engages. It has me engage with people everywhere, not just where I'm from. So the unfolding of humanity as one, it comes from really finding myself in others and then as others. And it's an amazing experience that's, it's just unmatched. It's an experience. It really is an experience when you see yourself as someone else, because then there's nothing between you. And that's the oneness that we spoke about in the beginning. Yeah. That's so powerful of a statement. And I feel like it's achievable, but I can also see how that can sound overwhelming to someone who's never heard something like that before. Can you walk us through maybe a step-by-step idea, like how to get ourselves into this mindset of seeing ourselves, Mm. not just in someone else, but as someone else, there's a difference, right? Yes. Yes. Well, there's a couple of different pathways. I'll give you the more simple pathway. First, there's awareness Mm -hmm. and it's not an overall awareness because I don't think we'll ever be aware of everything because there's always something that's unfolding or being discovered, you know, as we speak. Mm -hmm. So there's awareness, then there's access. And once you have access, then you can impact a particular outcome. And I think especially today, given we have become over the last decade, so much more aware of the human spirit and the impact of it and the criticalness of the human spirit that without awareness, there's no access. And I know a lot of the times we say, well, we work on a lot of access. Mm. People just need access. They just need access. However, we're at that place where access is almost everywhere. And sometimes it doesn't give us the outcome. So the simpler steps would be 
working on creating awareness in particular situations and then accessing from that awareness whatever that arena is. And then with that access, the impact is so much greater. And then the outcomes are, they're pretty predictable as a win. They may not be the exact, but they're pretty predictable as something that we want. And it gives us more than just an outcome for ourselves or me and mine. Yeah, it's so well put. I feel like I've spent a lot of time trying to find words for what you just shared. Mm. A lot of the work I like to do is from that way of thinking as well. It's like, how do we continue to become more aware so that we have an outcome that continues to expand is how I think of it as well. And rather than something that occurs in the moment and then we kind of move on. Yes. Yes. A lot of this is not as if I've invented (laughs) each piece Mm-hmm. However, putting it together, you know, over the years has allowed for me to really see myself in anyone and everyone. I've been in places and spaces where, you know, most people tell me, I just don't understand how you could go there. Mm-hmm. And I can go there because I am confident and reliable now. It wasn't always that way because I put in a lot of work and learning myself and studying myself and becoming more aware in in different situations and spaces. However, there's no place that I can go that I will be prevented from seeing myself in someone and then I work to see myself as them. Wow. What does that bridge look like between seeing yourself in someone and then being able to Mm -hmm. see yourself as someone? Like, What does that shift that you work on, like in a scenario with yourself, what does that look Mm -hmm. like as a process? Well, I was in a a different environment, a different part of the country where people think differently and people act differently and people just totally different. However, where we are right now in the climate that we're in, in our judgment of people, you know, most people would say they're that way. I'm just not going to bother with them. Mm. So I was in a position where I met someone and, you know, I knew a lot about that person because of the environment that they lived in. Mm -hmm. However, I was aware that we were different. And I said to myself, I literally said to myself, okay, how am I like her? How am I like her? Oh, we both have children. Okay, great. You know, we're both mothers. Mm. We both care about people. And I began to look for what's alike, our sameness, our oneness. Mm. So I saw myself in her. And then seeing myself as her came from our engagement. I began to engage with her, you know, to talk with her, to have an affinity for her in return she had an affinity for me. And there was a moment where it didn't occur as if we were separate at all, given all of our differences. And we have historical differences. And even today, you could list a zillion differences. So the pathway in between seeing myself in someone and as them, it comes from the relationship, the working of the relationship, the engagement, the engagement. I have a motto of never disengage, no matter what. When I can see myself in someone, that 
jump is to never disengage. It's easy to disengage because you're going to disagree. I was just going to say, it is easy. And there may be moments where it's really, really not good. You know, it could get really, really intense. However, never disengage. And not never disengage, but fight it out, but continue to engage, continue to learn, continue to see yourself in them. Because the seeing oneself as someone, it's a short-lived experience. Mm. So continuing to see myself as her, it had me continue to engage. I see. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like a lot of the work is an internal process with the engagement piece can also be staying engaged with the thought processes of the relationship, the seeing yourself as someone, the seeing the similarities over the differences or acknowledging the differences without needing to make them separate, maybe. Yes. And, you know, when I work with people, you know, I've worked with some executives and in particular executives in the arena of diversity, equity, and inclusion and in leadership development And I work with them to learn themselves concurrently with learning this whole pathway of humanity as one. Because without it, you're still holding on to, we hold on to everything that we are that has built us to be the people that we've become. And there's no interest outside of that for us only. Mm -hmm. However, during this pathway, you begin to see bigger outcomes and more sustainable because you're looking beyond yourself to impact, like the awareness, the access, the impact, that pathway has you want more for more, not just more for me and mine. How do you start to shift that goal? Because if someone, like you just shared that we might be disinterested because we're Mm -hmm. comfortable, we're safe, right? In our Mm -hmm. minds with our Mm -hmm. things we've attached to our identities and to our ideas of how we've achieved or you're speaking of leadership. So I'm putting it in that framework and wanting to kind of like stay in that box of like, well, this is working. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I don't want to disrupt what's working. And to me, that feels like this is oversimplified, but maybe not as fear-based. We all have it. And as a business owner, I know what it's like to like hold tight to something you don't even realize you're holding on to. And that's the awareness part, right? It's like having someone help facilitate that kind of awareness is very powerful. And to me, I could make an assumption and say, well, that's probably where the goal becomes in view. But you tell me, is that kind of how it goes or... I think the keys to the ultimate outcome that people are looking for, I know a lot of the times we say, we really want X. Yeah. I look at, just for an example, we want health care for everyone. We want equitable health care. We want equitable education. We want Congress to really get along and work for people, for everyone. However, it's questionable because... The pathways that we go about to get them, we continue to walk the same path. Right. And I believe that a key to any success is going to require someone to learn about themselves. And the more we learn us, the bigger the sustainable outcome 
that's possible because we have no idea what we're capable of. I look, even with my siblings, we're all adults and we were a certain way when we were growing up and now we're faced with, you know, we have to work together, you know, for my mother Mm -hmm. and we're continuously working how we've always worked when we were younger. It's not a bad thing, but we have not been aware that we have to learn our adult selves before we can actually have this sustainable outcome called all of us taking care of our mother together. Mm. Otherwise, we'll continue to have little, you know, suffrages around what we're doing. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. That's, That's a good life example. I was just talking about family with a friend of mine this morning because it's part of everyone's journey, whether it's Mm -hmm. a lack of or whatever the relationship is or isn't, wherever we stand at any moment, there's stuff there. Right. And it's the same with professional, the same pathway, professional and personal, although I never cross the two when I'm in a personal environment or coaching someone professionally, it's professional. Mm -hmm. Coaching someone in their personal, it's personal. However, the framework, which I call the framework of humanity, is the same. Yeah, it's so holistic to me. To me, it feels inseparable. It starts with the human being who's at the center of whatever it is that we're doing. Like I imagine like a circle and the action pieces are all around us Mm -hmm. like a mind map with little legs and we're in the middle and everything that we are aware of or not aware of or reflecting on or not reflecting on gets reflected mm-hmm. outside of us at whatever level that is at any given moment. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So to me, it's like so the same, but. And there's a complexity to it. I'm speaking as if it's simple. However, it took me decades to really evolve and learn and develop what's current. I mean, and I started when I was 18. I don't believe it has to be that way for everyone. I have a model sure. now and a method that you don't have to take decades in order to <laughs> to accomplish that. Right. Like I hear you on that. And I also think that it's worth saying that simple doesn't always mean quick or easy. Yes. Simple just means I can tell you the steps in three steps. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or whatever it is, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. As behaviors, we know that it takes time to shift behaviors. It just does. Yeah. And the type of coaching I do as well, the first layer is like, really, it's just where are we standing in our own way? Mm. That's a level of awareness that was really eye-opening for me. It was like, oh, I'm the one standing in the way of X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank. And it's really never anyone else. They're all waiting around to help me. Yes, yes. But I can't get out of my own way. Again, oversimplifying and I Mm -hmm. could apply that equation to many areas of my life. (laughs) Is that something you come across when you're working with leaders or anyone really? It's multifaceted and there's a depth that I try not to work with anyone under six to nine months because there's so many competencies and so many different facets Mm -hmm. to look at, to unfold and to become reliable for being aware of those arenas. And it's not an overnight thing. However, there are milestones that could be accomplished immediately. Mm. It's just that when you have a juggler, you throw 15 balls in the air, you put one down because you know where that is now. Mm. And you can pull that back in and you can put it back down 
at any given moment. However, there's 14 others always going on. Mm -hmm. And until you become confident and reliable for setting each one down individually and having them all work together, it's challenging to step outside or to sit down when those balls are still going. Yeah. It's just challenging. It's not complex. It takes time. And I think that is normal, number one. And also we are always in a rush. So I think it's almost refreshing when we're giving permission to be in a process that takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And to really be with ourselves and be with those that are maybe going through it with us or whatever it may be. So I'm glad to hear that because I'm an advocate for that. And Mm. I'm always sharing that if we want this sustainable outcome in creating X, I work in podcasting at the moment. Mm. And that is a very similar process actually in how I work with people who are like, I want a podcast. (laughs) It's like, well, Mm. tell me why you want a podcast. And then there's so much stuff that we need to walk through that is personal and accumulation of this moment of someone wanting to create something and then share it with the world. And that takes time too. And everyone's at a different stage. So for some, we can start, you know, here, some, we need to start right at the beginning of this journey. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to consider. And then it's the making of the thing. And so, yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, I'm finding myself in you in this very moment Mm. because you are speaking to me and you're speaking as me as well. So I'm finding everything that you're saying, you're literally describing me. Wow. And that's a part of the, you know, when there's that kind of awareness of you're looking to accomplish something in any particular situation, you're listening for how can I see myself Mm. in this person? And I'm seeing it right now as we speak. Well, thank you for saying that because honestly, it helps me really understand what Mm. you are doing and saying when you say that, just the topic we keep Mm. coming back to, which is being as the person that you're Mm. with. And I'm realizing as you're sharing that, that I do try to do that with everyone that I spend time with. And I didn't realize I was doing that. So that's really nice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. One of my coaches said to me, you know, to train myself to put my mind on loudspeaker. Now, I can't always do that right now, but it's a training because a lot of what goes on in my mind, if I'm not expressing it in some way that, of course, works for more than just me, then I won't be able to find myself in you or as you because it becomes these thoughts that are rolling around And it impacts me in some way, but then I'm still separate from you. Interesting. Yes, I relate to that too. And I'm feeling this continuing where I'm feeling as you in this moment too, because I'm having these realizations that like, you're right, I do that and I create ways to keep doing that. And I can tell when I'm not doing that. And then there's friction in my relationships or whenever I go to back inside it's that separateness, that disengagement that you were talking about where you need to stay engaged. And that is always when there is friction. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're coaching someone, 
the working on, and I'm sure it's this way for you when you're coaching someone, you're setting aside something because your focus is to have the outcome with the other person. Mm. And as you train yourself further and further, there's always something that you see that you could grow personally and you can grow your client as well. It comes back to what you're saying about outcomes being outside of just your own. You're right. It's every time I learn a new lesson or grow something, I immediately want to like help someone do that (laughs) or engage with someone in that way, or I'll start seeing myself in someone and want to give tools or like, I just learned this and it's working. Mm -hmm. So like, let's grow this part of ourselves together. Yes. And I think that's great because it's having compassion for yourself because when we first learn something, we're not good at it, but that we're willing to continue to engage with it we unfold. Yeah. We unfold things. We learn better. We become more reliable for utilizing what it is that we learn. I lost all of my notes in my iPhone, oh. 700 and some notes. However, I'm not concerned because I am those notes. Right. It's there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought to myself, wow, you know, this is humanity as one at work. Yeah. It is it at work because that's where the impact is. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much freedom and permission in that when we can realize Mm -hmm. that what I often say too is like what we are looking for, we already have it. It's just, this is the awareness part. We're just Mm -hmm. discovering it and allowing it to be a part of the conversation for lack of a better phrase. But now there's a lot of work to do though. Oh yeah. It's never going to (laughs) end. It's a lifetime of that. Exactly. However, I'm not concerned. I can recall it. I can recover it because, you know, I've grown myself. And when you grow yourself, I'm sure it's like that as well. Yeah. And there are different levels of that acceptance. And Mm -hmm. the one you're describing is a really graceful one where you can show up gracefully in situations where maybe the typical knee jerk reaction would to freak out and be like Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. loss. And rather you're feeling the abundance that is you because all of that is you that came from you. Yes, exactly. I like this sort of daily example because Mm -hmm. things like that happen all the time, especially (laughs) if we're thinkers, we're always writing things down. And I think most of us can relate to like this feeling of losing something that we have worked on or that we feel belongs to us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most of my work, and I'd say maybe 20 years ago or even 30 years ago, was so coveted that I was so afraid to lose it mm. on paper. Mm. I would go nuts if I lost a piece of paper that had some writing on it. Now it's if I lost it, I could recall it when it's needed. Mm. Yeah, that's really important, I think, just because it allows us to not become stuck in yeah. these objects, yeah. essentially. And, you know, humanity is one. I really think people sometimes, not all the time, but I've had people relate to this as a kind of utopia or something that's unrealistic. Mm. Or, And I think that we're so tight. Mm. Like constricted on... Yeah, restricted in our relationships that we can't see that it doesn't matter who you're near, who you're next to. If someone calls you on the telephone and it's a wrong number... 
that you literally could have a relationship with them that could build something for humanity. Mm. That is possible. It's not a utopia. (laughs) It's not an optimist idea. That's humanity by design. I think we may sometimes go off design, but it is by design that we're that flexible and that we can because we've done it. I mean, look at the United States of America, you know, how many hundreds of years ago? And then you have all these people from all over the world coming here or however they got here that never talked to each other before. And then you look at other countries, it's the same way. I mean, it may not be, you know, the ultimate that how people would want it, but the framework of it is human beings by design were meant to engage with each other. We're meant to connect. Yes. It reminds me of this interaction I had, and I say interaction, but there were really no words exchanged. So it's interesting. But this reminds me of this just sort of slice of life weird moment at the airport And I was at the airport and I was waiting for a flight and this gentleman sat down next to me. I think he may have said one thing to me and I remember an accent, but he may have been from part of Africa or maybe one of the islands. And we just had a very fast soul connection and we just sat quietly next to each other in connection for a short while, maybe 20 minutes max. And when he got up to leave, we both felt like we had to say goodbye. (laughs) And he turned and he looked at me and he waved as if we'd known each other for a lifetime. Yes. And it had an impact. And we both agreed in that moment that we were okay with that connection. And we didn't Mm -hmm. say, he maybe asked me where I was going and maybe that was it. It was really interesting. But this reminds me of moments where... We have experiences like this. I don't know if I've even ever spoken about this before, this incident. And then they're there and I remember it and it was something about it was special. Imagine if everyone had that experience, not just once, but on a regular basis. Yeah. If we look at that as awareness, the access is astronomical and the impact, we just can't imagine it at the moment. Right. And the outcome would be things would work. I believe in this way of bringing it back down to this interpersonal relationship too. And I think that first relationship is the one we have with ourselves and then the ones we reflect with when we have those opportunities. So yeah, like I'm on board. (laughs) I don't think it's a utopia, but I can see how with a big picture idea, like a very big long-term epoch almost of mm-hmm. an idea, yes. which would take that much time, possibly not if yes. everyone got on board today, it would take less time, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's the awareness. It's getting that awareness process amongst the globe, right? It would take some time. But I think if there's any point in time that we've experienced so far where it's the most possible, it's now because we live in a global economy. We live in a global Mm -hmm. communication hub now, and there is more opportunity for this way of connecting the dots outside of our bubbles, if you will. Yes, it truly is. I do believe it may not be in my lifetime that the outcome is specifically that way. However, I do think that this generation, because, you know, Gen Z, there's not a lot of tolerance for the rigidity in relating to people that are not like us. It's not a lot of tolerance. 
and the leadership will come and it will rise more and more. Humanity rising. That sounds great. (laughs) I agree. I love the Gen Z, like the things that they're bringing to the table and and their just innateness, what they Mm -hmm. believe as a collective is really exciting to me. I think there's more room. I tell them they could help us because, you know, every generation has their gifts to contribute to humanity. You know, rather it's something that we're not doing and we're stuck on, which is my generation. I think that's also a gift and a contribution because it has a C that something else could be. Yeah. If we were at the top and we were always unfolding, we may not see it. But now there's a whole other generation that's coming around and they're saying, mm, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the next 20 years look like and what kind of changes continue to grow out of all of the big experiences we just had in the last 10 years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to take a moment just for those who are unfamiliar with the definition around equity, equity versus equality. Mm-hmm. Something I talk about a lot with my other shows, but we haven't really had an opportunity or taken an opportunity, I should say, to do that here yet. Mm -hmm. on this show. If you will, you don't have to. No, not at all. Not at all. I don't have a dictionary definition, but I'll give you a working definition in my view. That'd be great. Equality may be that you and I should have the same thing. So if you get into USC, University of Southern California, but I should get into University of Southern California, that may be the view of equality. However, equity may be you were aware of what it takes to get into USC, and I was not. So there's a lack of equity there. Mm. If we both had the knowledge of what it takes to get into USC, that may be equity. Mm. So if there's a picture that someone sent to me around equity and equality, and there's a picture of four kids trying to look over a fence. I've seen that one. And some of the kids were able to look over the fence and others weren't. Yeah. But then they put boxes underneath the feet of all the kids, so now they all had the same view. Yeah. That would be equity. Yeah. And I saw one. So when I saw it, there was the version that didn't work, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. the kids were varying heights as well, and the uh, fences were varying heights, and the boxes were the same. Mm-hmm. So they gave one box to each kid. And some kids still couldn't see over the fence. Mm -hmm. And that is our, as a society, sort of misunderstanding around what a quote unquote, you know, equity means. And we're like, it is equal. Everyone got the same resource, but it didn't work for everyone. Why is that? So it's like understanding that there's more to be done on an individual basis at times. And there are things that we have to factor in. Yeah. That's right. I coach quite a few students um, for college. Mm. I have a program called the College and Future Success Program, and it's really about preparing students in that way such that it's an equitable way for them to succeed in life. So it may be they pick a project and they work on that project, and I coach them individually and have them be the thinkers along the path So it's training them in thinking. It's not necessarily critical thinking, but thinking, period, so that they could think of different pathways. And now that they all have training in thinking, 
It's up to them. Mm. What would you like to accomplish with this newfound framework of thinking? Wow. And they, one wanted to learn how to cook and the other one wanted to do his artwork and a lot of different arenas. They may not all want the same thing, but they all are aware of how they could get it and the access they're aware. So now they have access to having what it is that they want to have. It's very empowering. And that sounds like you're using an approach that allows them to gain confidence along the way in themselves as well. And that is so, it's just so exponentially useful to understand that just our own ability to choose. Yeah. Which is humanity is one. Yeah. When everyone can choose, it becomes a choice for all. When only five out of 10 people are able to choose, I mean, genuinely choose because the other five, they don't see any other pathway other than the pathway they have, then it becomes me and mine or you and yours or something that's divisive in some way or something that's not equitable. Right. I don't care what people, I really don't, I don't care what people do as long as my mission is always to have them see that they can do whatever it is that they want. I know we say it a lot, however, they don't have access to really doing whatever it is that they want without being aware of many, many things. It may be what's stopping them or mm. how to get it or many things that they're not aware of. That's a wonderful way, I think, to close. But I do have one more question because we talked about this in so many ways, which I love. I think we gave lots of great examples, but I would love to know if there was one thing that you want the listener to understand about today, about what we talked about, what would that be? I want the listener or listeners to know that they are whoever they see and they just have to find how they are that way. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you for that. Yeah. And with that, they get to go down any pathway they want. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> How can we connect with you? I can be reached at LinkedIn, Andrea Swinton at LinkedIn on LinkedIn. And there's an email address there as well. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so yes. much, Andrea, for this conversation. It's always great to speak to you, but I learned so much and I really understood this time. I feel like it landed in my body, like what it is that you're creating and what your message is and I feel that I am as you today. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for having me. And really, this is a really big accomplishment for me to be able to see myself in you and elevate myself in this conversation as well. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for listening to Beeble Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of People Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.